Amen. Uh, you may be seated. Just quick reminder. Don't forget that mirror. Don't forget the mirror. Uh, so, so it's a mirror. So this is the thing. Like, and this is what us adults have to understand. Like, God is always, I was actually having a conversation with somebody today how, like, God was, God's already working on us, how, what we're purposed to do. Then we get to a place in our life where we go, you know, I'm going to accept that call. But when you decide to accept that call, that's not when it started. It started way back when, right? And so, so you know, someone like Zamir, and I'm going to highlight Zamir for a reason because the goal was to highlight two people, but, you know, some people know what to do and some people don't. All right, so, so there's a reason why I told you to come up here. Well, I didn't tell you to come up here by yourself, though, did I? Right? So you answer the call. So that's how it works. You know, people can tell you stuff, and some people do what you tell them, and some people don't. So you do what you tell them. Hey, could you do me a favor? Uh, that money I gave you back, could you give that to me? Exactly what I gave you back earlier? Well, I just handed you. Here, here you go. I just want to make sure I bless you because for your obedience, okay? Right. Well, guess what? Not only am I blessing you for your obedience, but so you got double blessed for obedience. But not only you get double blessed for your obedience, so right now your, uh, your cousin is, is being trained to flow as an armor bearer, Right? And so when he finishes his training, you're going to train with him to be an armor bearer, not just on Children's Day. Okay? So we're going to kind of help you. Because you was obese. See, I was trying to work with more than one person, but only one person responded to what I asked him to do. You're the only one sitting up front here. So thank you for responding. So he's not the only person I told. No, 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 that's a nice try. Nice try, but no, that's not what happened. What happened is when I told both of them to come up here, one came to the seat and one did not. One came to where you are. You know why? Because the default is if somebody asks me to do something, I'm going to do what I want to do. Not knowing that they're being set up for something. See? So, 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 sometimes it's, so, sometimes, and, 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 and again, uh, I'm highlighting a particular individual, individuals, but that's, a, that's what's happening in our lives. Some of us are doing what we're asked to do without asking questions, without getting in our feelings, without saying, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do, you know. And then some of us are like, just get tight. Well, just because you asked me, I ain't doing it. Because I want to do what I want to do. And the thing is, I'm going to tell you right now, doing what you want to do have a shelf life to it. You know, it does, I'm, 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 I'm trying to work with, with, with everybody. It has a shelf life to it. Like, just like ask everybody, as many as people could, some people can't because of their schedules, to show up on Wednesday. See, some people did. Some people just floating their default. You know, some people couldn't. I, I get that, right? 
But when you can, see, you don't know what God is setting you up for. God looks at our hearts and he looks at our obedience and he looks at our ship. Like we, we you know, as we grow a church, I, I watch, I watch folk. You show up. What you showing up for? Besides the people that's, you know, some of these y'all showing up because your mom and daddy make you here. You come here. Outside of that, like you showed up because they brought you here. Right? But outside of that, when you show up, don't you want what God has? So why do you keep shutting, your, shutting out what God is doing? Or when you hear what God's doing, you go in your head and you try to calculate which of the things that you want to apply or which of the things you get around. Do you know some of our default is as soon as we hear something that's going to stretch us, our default is figuring out a way around it, figuring out an excuse or justification. You, You could say, I don't like the flavor he presented. Did you hear what was said? I don't like the tone. Did you hear what was said? I don't like the confidence. Did you hear what was said? So some people ain't even hearing because you have all these things set up to use as an excuses around hearing what God says. Then I'm going to tell you, this is what happens. Then when you're in a desperate situation, you're coming to, you're coming to God because you ain't coming to me. I'm only a representative. I can't do nothing for you. See, but you ain't got to do all that because God has given you advanced information. But you're so stuck in, I'm going to do things the way I want to do. There is not one of these moments of pleasure worth what it's costing you. I'm telling you that right now. But let's let's, let's get get into the word. Right? Get into the word. Thank you, uh, Zamir. Um. Because God, God's trying to do some things. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, even with you, even with you, you did what was asked. But, but, but this ain't a visit. You got to live in obedience. And it's not based on how you feel that day. Because there's plenty of things I don't feel like doing. I ain't feel like getting up in the morning and going to the gym today. I'm going to tell you, I, it's, I dragged, I went late, uh, I got there and I was like, well, you know, since I'm here, I'm just, I'll just do this one thing. But, but God's like, I got you here now. You're going to do everything. And you're going to do more than you normally would do. Right? The thing is, it's not, it's not about our convenience. It's about our obedience. Right? All right. So you stay with me, okay? You paying attention? And if you're going to come around me, you can't come around me. Listen, because I'm around God. So you can't come around me with no funk. If your heart's not right, it's a dangerous thing to even be around a man or woman of God. So sometimes I be protecting you. You you don't want to be bothering me today. No, I'm protecting you because you ain't doing right. And I love you, so I'm not going to be mad at you. It ain't on me. It's on your obedience. But I'm not going to just, like, have you out of your, sometimes your ignorance, get around the anointing and be a burden and a yoke that needs to be destroyed. I wouldn't do that to nobody. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. All right. Ooh. Uh-oh. Pretty sobering, ain't it, Gerard? <laughs> Pretty sober, right? Don't be taking us for granted now. We, got, we spend time with God. 
And I know I spend time with God. So, so sometimes if, if I'm just like not even responding, man, I'm just like, I'm like, the Bible says a fool utters all his mind. I'm trying not to be a fool. I do not want to utter all my mind all the time. Because what comes out could crush somebody. So we'll just let you walk in whatever you're saying. Because the, the, the truth that I have to respond, sometimes you ain't ready for that day. Right? But I'll tell you right now. It's time to change some things. All right? It's time to change some things. All right? Playtime is over. So now if you continue to do what you know you're not supposed to do and God's not pleased with, it's going to cost you more than you ever believed. Time to change some things. All right? Who's he talking to? They know who I'm talking to. All right? All right, so let's, let's, let's get into today's message. Well, what's going on with Pastor Keith? Love you, that's all. I just love you. All right, all right. Um, and um, so, so, so uh, we ended talking about God's masterpiece last week, but you know what was so special about the church is the, at the end, people come up and share what they got. So I wanted to open up with uh, just my, or the review would be some of the thoughts from last week. Is that Okay. And y'all, some, somebody's saying, why you keep asking if it's okay? You're going to do it anyway. But, all right, so, so God designed us with respect and consideration. Do we respect and consider his design? All right? That came out last week. That was uh, David Woods, right? That's what he got out of last week's message, right? You know, do we respect his design? Uh Sometimes we're looking at life through uh, distortion mirrors, you know, like at the front house, right? You know, we're not looking at a clarity of our design. We're looking through distortion mirrors. Uh, that's, Pastor Mel brought that out last week. So write that down because you'd be not knowing that you say stuff. So you can write that down. Put your name next to it like I do, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, this was good. Don't try to hang the unfinished the unfinished picture up. There's no power in that painting. Don't try to hang the unfinished picture up. There's no power in that painting. Uh, the Lord used Venetia to share that. All right? You might want to write that down because, you know. All right. And, uh, oh, this was good. You can't live to erase. You can't live to erase. You remember we was talking about how, you know, when I was in the early years of artistry, I just kept erasing. <laughs> so, so I'm prepared to mess up, right? <laughs> you know, you remember, you remember Kalina the smudges? You know, you smudge it, you know. Uh, she, she draws and is in art. That's the only reason I said it, okay? Um, all right. The masterpiece stays covered till it's ready. That was, uh, well, both of those were Amelia, right? And then I'm sure you guys remember this. You can't take a masterpiece to a car show, right? You can't take a masterpiece to a car show. So you, just, you create this beautiful masterpiece, and you're going to display it at a car show. They might not appreciate it the same, you know? <laughs> right? 
And so uh, this was the other thought. Well, I don't know if Lou shared this. Uh, Lou shared that, that thought, but he shared this with me later. You're not valued where you don't belong. You're not valued where you don't belong. Right? So you may be a masterpiece, but you may be hanging out at places that don't appreciate what God designed. Right? You're not valued where you don't belong. Right? Did you get that? And sometimes where you, you, you may think you belong. Listen, listen. So, so I was having a wonderful conversation with somebody today, and they were highlighting. Um, and, and, and I believe it's, it's a culture thing, even though uh, it might have been communicated as a medical term, but gaslighting. You know, it's something that we talk about a lot. And, and so, so as we start talking, I was like, you mean somebody played you? <laughs> That's basically all it is. Now, an interesting thing is how does that happen? People don't always intend to play you. It's not always an intention. Some people are just immature, right? And they're immature, they don't want you to find out, so they're telling you what they think you want to hear and what you want to know. But they're immature. They don't know how to value you. They can't care for your heart. You know, we were just talking, um, you know, just about our lives and in particular, uh, you know, the mistakes and mishaps uh, Pastor Mel made by not waiting on me. That's not what he's talking about. I just said that, you know. We were talking about me supposing to come out to Ohio uh, when I graduated from high school in 1980, but I didn't show up until 11 years later in 1991, all right? And so... So that means for 11 years, she's participating in these relationships. Don't be giving me the sad face, right? <laughs> she's participating in these relationships, but these people aren't designed to take care of her heart, to handle her mishaps, right? To, to, first of all, now, I know I'm speaking. I have the mic. She'll have the mic later. But this is how confident I am, right? She will tell you, with me, she's been able to be the best she can be. Now, hold, hold on, hold on. Now, you, you've heard her say, he helped me do this, that, and the other. I ain't talking about me helping her. I'm talking about how God designed her. So, she's been with nobody that's, that's allowed her to be who she is. Sometimes she don't even notice it because she's used to it. Right? Where she's, you know, I always think about Southwest. You're free to move about the cabin. She's free to move about life. And, and for years, like we, I, I used to tell you, we'd be at another church. My wife is going to do things nobody's going to do. And the people at the church would be looking at me like, oh, what's she about to do now? She's going to mess up on this song. You know, it'd be like starting a song we ain't even got. The, the pastor would ask for a song. And all these professionals dealing with her like you ain't at our, our level at this time. You, you still need to grow. The person that would step out go, hey, I'll give it a shot. And they say, okay, let's start here. There is no song. There's nothing written. There's no melody. And she's out here, okay, we got thousands of people here at this church. She said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And I would, I would see all the eyes on me. Why are you looking at me? She's the one talking to you. But they're wondering, how are you going to respond to her putting herself out here with the chance of failure? You know how I'm going to respond? I'm going to be following her directions like everybody else. Let's just see how it plays out. Because I'm going, hey, that's Melanie Bradley. 
There's things that happen before we know they're going to happen, and she's just taking steps. She don't know. She's trusting God. She has permission to roll like that. Right? It don't have to, she don't have to do it my way. She has to do it God's design Melanie way. All right, so that's going to fit in here, okay? You got that? All right, so we, so we ended up talking about being established, right? Um, so I, so I, and I've referenced a few scriptures. I just want to go through those real quick before we get into some other things. I really wish this was, this is how my mind thinks, wish this was next week because what I want to talk about next week. But it's not next week, it's this week, so we got to get this first, right? Got to get the foundation first, right? So, so Deuteronomy 28.9, I gave you this last week. Hopefully you have the scriptures. I think I gave you at least the scriptures. It says, the Lord shall establish thee and, and holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee if thou shalt keep his commandment, keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways. So remember I just made a request earlier to Zamir, right? I made, a requ- I made a request for him, actually him and this young man here to sit up front. I said, and I said, when, when the word goes forth, I need you guys up front, right? Right, but I said, so, so, so there's a way God was directing them. So he, he went his way. He followed the commandment and he went his way. You get, you get me so far, right? So now God can establish him. And the interesting thing is, I wasn't thinking about armor bearer or nothing like that when I asked him to come up here. I wasn't even thinking about the seed that I sold him. Didn't even cross my mind. I was thinking about what we, what the Lord had told me with, with the young people, to shift them to start moving close up front, a lot less distractions when you're up front. That's how I grew. When he made the move, I wasn't even thinking about the... Something in me said, oh, God says you need to have him grow now as an armor bearer. But he made the move first, and the Lord said, then sow some seed into him too. You see what I'm saying? Like, so he moved, and God worked to establish him. You got me? Now, there's still other things he has to do. He has to continue in the word. He has to stay consistent in obedience. All the little funky attitudes, he can't bring those because then God can't establish them because he won't stay in harmony with God, right? Y'all think I'm talking about Zemir, right? Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? I know you do, don't you? All right, okay, right? So, see, this is the thing. We, we, it takes humility to become a masterpiece because you can't get in the way. You can't move. You got to be still and know that God is going to do his thing. All right. All right. So First uh, Chronicles 29, 18 says, God will prepare their heart unto thee. Right. First, Thess- First, First Thessalonians 3, 13. See, sometimes even when I'm communicating off script, some people get it. Some people don't. You see, you have to tune your ears to see and hear, or the, or the hear what God's doing. So you have to tune your eyes to see what God's doing, right? All right, it says, uh, first, first Thessalonians 3.13, it says, uh, to the end that he may establish your hearts unblameable. So God can establish your heart to be unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ 
with all his saints, right? And then uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.3, I know I'm going fast, but because I I mentioned some of these scriptures last week, I just wanted to highlight them before we got into what we're going to talk about or what else we're going to talk about. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, it says, but the Lord is faithful, full of faith, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Now, see, to be faithful, that means nothing moves me. So I don't care how somebody, the process they're in, I'm full of faith. And I'm going to need that faith when it, when it may not seem like it's going the way I want it to go. Right? When it looks like someone's kicking and, string, kicking and screaming along the way. You know, see, this is the reality. Like, everybody, and I, and I was sharing this with somebody, we can all be in the same place but we're going to receive, process, apply different ways. But our job is to recognize how you respond and give you the requisite wisdom for the steps or the reactions or the not reactions, right? Even the rebellion, even the hustle. Give you what it takes from there. So you saw as, you, as we flow, you may see me have a conversation with Venetia 17 times in a row. But see, see, this is, you, don't, you don't get this. You don't get this. Do you understand you could have t- five children in the house? You could have four that rarely ever get a spanking and one get a spanking every day? Do you understand that? Do you understand they need a spanking every day? But someone watching will be like, you're, you're, you're being unfair to that child. No, I'm being what the child needs to get what they got to go. But see, if you can't see that, you'll, you'll start to measure things the wrong way. It's customized. It may be a concentrated time. That child may get a spanking 17 times in a row and never get a spanking again. The people that didn't get a spanking you might have to be attentive with them down the road when it's even more crucial. See, it's customized. So so sometimes you got to let it flow, right? We got to let it flow. Like, do you understand? I've told people, hey, you can't just, just tell them one time and say, well, I told them. Well, tell them again and again and again. Is the goal telling them? Sorry about that yelling, you know. Or is the goal for them to get it? See, if you don't get it, you're going to get it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's my life. And at first, I'm like, why? Can I get a break here? And, I, and, and now I see what he was saying. I couldn't hear it at the time. No, he was saying no. Do you want to be what I designed? Do you want to be my masterpiece? No, you can't get a break. You got to go through it. See, but, but again, we're measuring how we're, how we're, what's happening to us based on others. You're not them. All right? You're God's masterpiece. So you're going to have to go through it. And some things that's okay for you, it's not for God. It's not. Okay. 1 Peter 5.10. It says, but the God of 
all grace. Now, now this grace here we're talking about, we have, people always go, see, grace is, you know, unmerited favor. He's doing for me what I don't deserve, so I'm not going to do what I should do to earn it, and I just hope his grace gives it to me anyway. Now, this grace is an ability here. So the God of all ability, who has called us unto eternal glory, this is not temporary glory. See, again, the scripture tells us we'll go from glory to glory in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But what it's saying is most of the glory that we fight for, uh, embrace, get on platforms for, right, most of the glory that we are trying to get is temporary. But God's trying to get us to exchange this little, I, I think I'm all that shine glory for his glory, right? His masterpiece, right? Is Stella watching? <laughs> you didn't see that, Stella. <laughs> Right? This is what the God of all grace who has called us unto his glory by Christ Jesus. After that, ye have suffered a while. Now, remember when we talked about when he called us by Christ, he justified us, right? It says, after you have suffered a while, that's when we're being sanctified. Look, it says, after that, ye have suffered a while, right? You see that? Will make you perfect. Right? Remember, we talked about sanctification, sanctification, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Remember, we talked about being established is unalterable. Like putting you in a position that doesn't just keep changing with the wind. Right? When God sets us in place, we grow from there. Right? Not we're all over the place from there. So if you keep going back, then you never locked in. You never locked in. If you keep going back just to get a taste or a sample, you never locked in. All right. All right so, so, so we talked about this. We, we received justification, and then God sealed us, seals us with sanctification, which ensures our glorification. Right? So we receive justification through Christ. Now, after that, God seals our sanctification. Remember, cleanses us of that residue that we brought along with us to ensure our glorification. Now, we talk eternal glorification, not temporary, right? So, let's go to Romans 8 since we talked about that too. Let's just drop over there real quick. You with me here? All right, we want to live in manifestation, man. We... we we can't be playing around. What's being manifested? God's masterpiece. All right? And this is the year for it. All right, so uh, Romans 8 and verse 30. All right, so we said, moreover, uh, whom he did predestinate. So remember when I used the example of Zamir, I said, and then, you know, I was, I was kind of contrasting Zamir and Josh, and I said, you know, when you, you know, was re, you know, more recently, Josh was like, hey, well, I'm just going to take responsibility for what I'm called and purpose to do. Easier said than done, but hey, too late now. <laughs> You're in it, <laughs> right? But, but what, I, what I was saying is when he, when he made that decision, that's not when things began. 
things was all, things been begun. You know, now you start to see one where God orchestrated, and now you start to, God starts to galvanize and, and, and start to work things out for good if we stay obedient to what we just said we're going to do. But it starts way back here. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't start like when you're 25. It's been so, look at Jesus in the temple at 12, breaking it down to all the, the, the hierarchy at 12. I can show you in the Bible kings that were eight. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, so a lot of times we're waiting for, not understand God is waiting for us. Right? All right, so you got me there, right? All right, so, so this is the key. Only God's glorification is quenching. Our own or the world's glory creates thirst. God's glory quenches thirst. See, it's two different things. Right, so a lot of times we stay thirsty, we stay desperate, we stay hustling because it's, we're creating our own glory. And, 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 I, and, and I'm going to offer this to you. I'm going to challenge you with this. Stop offering your plans on the altar with God's uh, masterpiece. Remember we said, stop including your brush strokes. We don't need, God doesn't need your brush strokes at all. But sometimes we'll say, hey, God, I'm, I'm a, I, I want to be your masterpiece. And we got our brush right behind our back. And then we're going, eh, this won't hurt nothing. <laughs> you know, we kind of played it off. Well, you know, so how you doing today, Josh? <laughs> well, I'm going to go up the street. Uh, maybe not. I might go down the street. Eh, but it might be to the left or to the right. I'm just not sure. We just keep adding our strokes because we got the brush in our hand the whole time. And we're going, nobody's paying attention. I'm adding strokes. Right? Throw away that brush. See, and that's hard, right? Because you've been used to that brush. You've been holding on that brush for a long time. So now you've just brushed your reality of what tithing is. To make yourself comfortable with not doing what it takes to be God's masterpiece. You've just brushed strokes your reality of obedience. You've just added your God. My God understands. Yes, but the God does not. <laughs> that wasn't sarcastic. Because we can, see, my God, my God understands. Yeah, your God may understand, but the God is like, what are you doing? God knows my heart. Yes, he does. But do you know your heart? God knows your heart, you're exactly right. But you're saying that as if God knows my heart and he knows what I know and he cool with it. No, God knows your heart and he'd be so happy when you actually discover your true heart so you can now put that on the altar and get God's masterpiece. Right, see, I'll, I'll just work with me here, right? Stay with me. All right, see, doing things for, this, this is the thing, we talked about this, but doing things for significance, right, is, 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 is our messy piece. So are we doing things for significance or service? See, when we do things for significance, it's about, you see me? It's a message coming up. You see me, it's coming up. I don't know if it's Wednesday or Sunday, but whichever one of these messages I finish first, that's the next message. 
or are we doing things for service, right? See, doing things for significance, that's our messy piece. Doing things for service, that's God's masterpiece. All right, you see that? See, significance, when we say significance, a messy piece, that's buying or manipulating loyalty. See, see, I'm not doing you a favor. No, no, no. I need something from you to make me feel significant. So I'm going to buy it because I don't trust that I can get it without incentive. See, I'm going to compromise my relationship with God and have sex with you because I don't believe you'll love me without incentive. So I'm going to compromise my whole masterpiece because I have to be in harmony with God just for a moment of pleasure or for, see, moment of pleasure could be, what, you know, the pleasure I may get out of it or it could be the significance I'll get out of it. They smiled at me. They like me now. Do they like you without that incentive? Because a God-sent relationship, dude, my wife didn't have to give me no incentive for me to, to marry her. I didn't have sex before I married her. She allowed God to send me to her and to commit to her without her having to give me incentive. Ooh. And then I wasn't giving out nothing. Because I'm like, if it's God, listen, I didn't manipulate. Man, I, I saw how the previous relationship was going. No offense to you, brother, but it's the truth. I saw the games. I saw the sympathy hustle. I saw the money hustle. I saw all the things to, if I do this, she's really going to like me. I, I, I didn't go, uh-oh, he bought this? I got to buy that. Uh-oh, he, 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 oh, you know, I, I'm just, I just need to talk to you. I'm hurting. I ain't doing no play none of those games. I ain't even tell her what he's doing. Why? Because it's God's masterpiece. I ain't had my brushstrokes to it. But how many situations are you in right now? If you move, remove your brushstrokes, will you still be in? Are you willing to find out? <laughs> Spooky. All right. So this significance is buying or manipulating loyalty, right? It's doing things for attention and favor. See, that puts a moat in our eye, right? That, that's where the fear and the pride is coming from. That's where the anxiety is coming from. See, because you, you, you're, you're adding your messy piece to God's masterpiece. See, now, when I, make, when I say that, this ain't the day to get convicted. Oh, no, this ain't the day to get condemned. You can be convicted. That's okay, because that's how you change. But this ain't the day to be condemned. This ain't the day to go, I can't believe I did that. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, what you going to do? You're going to repent, change, and stay locked into that change, or you're going to repent for relief in the moment and slip right back into the same thing as soon as you think the coast is clear. Messy, messy, messy. See, this is the thing. When you're doing a messy piece, you force yourself into the presence of an audience you're not mature enough to feed. Listen, listen, listen. See, you see, when, you, when, you're doing, when you're creating your messy piece, you push yourself and force yourself in, in the presence of people that you don't have what it takes 
to feed, to nurture, to anoint, to grow. Okay, if it's just about sex, all you're doing is stealing their power. So you're getting in the way of God's, your masterpiece and God's masterpiece in that person. All for a moment of pleasure. Selfish, 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 your brush strokes. You call it a masterpiece, but it's looking messy. Right? When you force yourself into an audience because you want, you, you, you're, you try to establish your ministry by, by giving out incentives, you know, uh, doing fake favors, you know, so people will need you. The, the, uh, she doesn't do this, but I'm going to use her as, well, I don't want to use you as an example of me, Asia. So we'll use Pete, you know, Pete always doing stuff he ain't supposed to do anyway. I hope Pete don't come to the church. <laughs> He's going to look at all the sermons. What was he talking about me? All right, so Pete is only doing stuff so you like me. So so when I make my move, you know, yeah, I got favor for you. But Pete don't understand. Pete's not designed to serve those people. He's not designed. God didn't orchestrate that. So you're you're, you're forcing a diet on people that eventually they ain't going to be able to stand. You can only eat the wrong thing but for so long. And that's why people turn on folk. That's why their appetites turn. That's why their body, you know you be eating the wrong thing for a while and after a while it catch up to you, don't it? Some people have gallbladder surgery, they have kidney failure, or they have gout, or they start breaking out. All of a sudden they got aches and pains because they're force feeding themselves something that's not for their diet. So you force, you force something on people that's not for their diet and, and, and you collect a bunch of people that God didn't put in your masterpiece. So when you, this is, uh, you know, I researched this before I started the church. Uh, very rarely the people that started the church with, with the person was still there. Almost none of them. You know why? Because it was a forced audience. And when pressure came, it was easy for the Satan to divide them. See, I can say that because I, I, nah, I don't know, I ain't know nobody with the exception of Karen, who took two years to come to the church. I knew Ray, moved out here three years later. No Isaac, moved out here three years later. Uh, there was one young lady that we knew. Uh, ah, it would be a great example for what I'm saying, but I can't. Yeah, I don't want to incriminate nobody, but it would be a great, it would, it would fall right in line with what I just said. So I just had to let y'all use your imagination, but that person is no longer here, right? All right, so, so stay with me. See, the patient and mature grow into God's masterpiece and overflow into the audience is designed to feed. The patient and mature flow with God's masterpiece and they get so filled up with God's design it overflows into the audience they was designed to feed. See, that's, e- that's an eternal audience, not a temporary audience. Not just an audience for show, but an audience to flow. All right, you got me there? All right, so, so see, see, this is the thing, the difference between the significance and the service. The significance only considers looking good. The service considers the whole. And it's patient enough left to let the masterpiece finish. Right? See, when we don't do this, 
we become forgeries. So you got to ask yourself, are you a forgery or a masterpiece? See, a forgery can look like the real thing. <laughs> it can look like the real thing. But when you look hard into the details, yeah, hold on a second. Sometimes you can rub off how it looks so easy, easily offended. Run at the first sign of trouble. It's extremely defensive, right? And you can see, wait a minute, what's in you don't stick. <laughs> you ain't the real deal. You just looked like it. But you wasn't designed with a substance that can withstand the element. If we turn the heat up in a room too hot, all of what you presented would just melt away. <laughs> because you're a fake. You're a forgery. So you got to ask yourself, are you a forgery? <laughs> or God's masterpiece? Okay. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, sometimes we may not know we're forger forgeries, okay? You know, that's why God tries to start us out being justified, but he raises us justified and then have us sanctified. See, masterpieces see from a different per perspective. So, I'm, I'm going to give you some something. So, we've been... Oh, masterpiece plays off of something different. So we, I, I needed this from my notes, but the Holy Spirit bring it back to me. No, nah, that's cool. All right, so look, so we say stuff like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, there's nobody in my family that's done what I'm done. I wasn't supposed to make it. I was supposed to be on welfare. You know, I was supposed to be a number. What are we playing off of? The mess we cause. The messy piece. And when it's not messy no more, we call it a masterpiece. <laughs> see y'all, see y'all don't want, y'all don't want to hear me. <laughs> see. <laughs> so, see, I wasn't supposed to not make it. I wasn't supposed to die at an early age. I wasn't supposed to be on welfare. You know why? I'm God's masterpiece. See, I know who I am. <laughs> I'm walking in. <laughs> Take a look at me. <laughs> no matter what you say now, <laughs> can you see his glory? <laughs> I know who I am. See, see, see. See, they ain't know. They ain't know what I was talking about today. They, when I heard that song, boy, I was, I was so fired up in here. Me and Josh. <laughs> right? See, see, because if you know who you are, if you know you're a masterpiece, you're not saying, I wasn't supposed to, you know, see, you know, I could have been on welfare. Really? So God designed you to possibly be on welfare 
So you cannot be on welfare and you're a masterpiece. You weren't supposed to be on welfare. Ever. So how about we play off of God's masterpiece going forward? Not what you weren't supposed to do anyway. Yeah, listen, I, you know, I, I did drugs. I did all types of things I wasn't supposed to do, right? But if you watch, if you really pay attention, if I want to if, if share stuff to relate to somebody so they can know they can get out of that, I'll share it. But you don't hear me talking about like, like that's some type of big deal. I don't get props for not doing what I wasn't supposed to do anyway. But, but... We use this for platform. Listen, I got a story. And eventually, we were talking about it the other day, you know, because people, you know, one guy I was talking to, you know, a friend of mine, he's, he's, a, uh, uh, he's a producer and he's an actor. And he was like, hey, you, you thought about, like, you know, turning it into a movie? He didn't even hear my story. He just heard a little piece that we were talking about that related to a situation. But I'm not walking around like, yes, because I've gone... Man, do you know there's so many different products? It reminds me like the children of Israel. Every time you turn around, there was something else going on. But guess what? Most of what I got through, I caused. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to say, no, but it wasn't your fault. You know, they put you in a foster home and, oh, they didn't treat you right. They didn't love you. All true. They didn't know how. But guess what? That didn't mean I had to trip. See, I got to a place in my life where I realized, Gerard, that it wasn't what I went through that was causing what was going on in my life. It was how I responded to it. See, I thought I was justified. I lived life to go, see all these people out here? These people are a trip. Me, I'm not a trip because... I got it honestly. I mean, this is how I rolled for a long time. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, people called me crazy and I was wilding out and stuff. But I was like, oh, no, yeah, but I'm not the dumb that's wilding out. I've been through stuff. They wilding out because they just irresponsible. Not me. I had an unfair start, so I'm justified. So I kind of lived in mess because, hey, I got it honestly. Then God showed up and said, you know the stuff you're going through, you cause, right? right. I, he said, some of the stuff that you went through, okay, you know, some, some, some things weren't fair. But what's going on right now? This is, a, this is a result of your choice, your brush strokes. Okay, all right, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Don't leave, right? Don't leave. All right, so, so, so we're God's masterpiece, right? And, and so instead of us playing, oh, what was me? Like, it's a different way of looking at it, you know? Just a different way of looking at it. Now, now we, we, we uh, I don't know what year it was. I know we was at the other building, but, uh, uh, and I'm going to get into more detail of this because the Lord told me to uh, next week, but, um, we were talking about one of our visions, how we're a diamond in the rough, right? And so, so I was thinking about being a masterpiece is like being a diamond in the rough, you know, or a sculpture in a stone. And we did our uh, Heirs Life Conference in uh, Dublin, Ohio. 
And we did it at this uh, recreation, I guess you'd call it complex, it was so huge, right? And um, so when I walked out in the hallway, they had a guy that was working on a sculpture. And it was amazing because it looked like a person. And so you gotta ask yourself, how did this dude see a sculpture in a stone? Now I've told this story before, but I, for, I think it'll fit here. So a guy goes to a, a, a gentleman's house and he's talking to him. And, um, and so he says, whoa. He said, what you gonna do with that big boulder over there? He said, that boulder over there? Nothing. He said, well, can I have it? The boulder right there that I've been trying to get off my property for the longest. Yeah. He says, oh, sure. He said, now go ahead, man. You take it. So, you know, gets the truck, takes it. So the guy runs into him, I don't know, six months, a year later at his shop. He was a, you know, he was an artist. And so he goes and he looks at stuff and, you know, just looking around. Man, how you doing, man? Good. Whoa. Listen. I got to have that right there. He said, hold, hold, let me just, no, 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 I got to have that right there. He said, listen, I'll give you $50,000 for that right now. He says, no questions asked, no negotiations, 50000 for that? He's like, yeah, sure. So he took the 50000 and, you know, they go out to eat later, sit down. He says, you know what, I meant to ask you something. He says, what did you ever do with that boulder? He says, oh, I made about $50,000 from it. The same boulder that he thought was worthless, this guy saw a sculpture in the stone. You see what I'm saying? Like there's, 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 there's a masterpiece in there. It doesn't always look like it when you see it. See, see, my, my design, as I'm designed as my baseline. We talk the personality traits in the... In, um, uh, premarital courtship and stuff like that. We just talk. So you got the realist, you got the, uh, you got the uh, perfect, perfectionist, person that's pragmatic, uh, and you have an optimist. Well, I'm the, op- I'm the optimist. I see sculptures and stones. So where people are quick to give up on, on things, that ain't me. Because I see, I always see there's something in the stone. See, so, so some people... They only are attracted to people that are bubbly because it's easy to talk to. They won't talk to the stone because they don't see the sculpture. <laughs> see, 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 stay with me, stay with me, stay, don't, 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 don't leave. All right, so, so, so and, and to find this sculpture, to find this diamond in the rough, like, do you understand, like, most people that find diamonds, they, they, they're not just sitting there on, just waiting to just pick up. It's, they're, they're embedded in, in, in stone and rough. They got to be dug out. Now, some people don't have the patience to dig nothing out. Man, you can forget that, man. I don't even want to be bothered with it. So they'll miss out on value because they don't want to dig. And see, this is what's happening in our life. We're cheating God's masterpiece to create messy pieces because we don't want to dig. And then we start out digging, but we don't commit to it. We fall off so easy, it's ridiculous. And we don't understand that thirst that we have is for a masterpiece, not a messy piece. So we think uh, quitting the dig is an option. And I'll say this in a not-so-nice way. You need to uh, shift your lazy butt from being lazy 
and start digging. And don't stop until God gets his masterpiece. Stop taking a path of least resistance with your lazy self. Did I say a name? Anybody that was bothered about that, I was talking to you. Right? I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. If you're bothered by the statement, then it was for you. Right? Because why would you be bothered unless you're lazy? Right? See, I don't even have to feel bad. Because that's a great statement for a lazy person, don't you think? See, see how y'all ain't giving me a whole lot of amens on that one? That means I'm talking about, see, I, I, I located you right there. See, I, I didn't get no, like, amen. But see, if you felt it a little, I, no, I don't want to agree with that. No, that wasn't a good statement. I didn't, I didn't like that. All right, see, 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 God's been stretching us and then reminding us we must accept the challenge of greatness, his masterpiece, right? Accept the challenge of greatness. See, we, you know, the scripture tells us in Hebrews 12, 3, right? Let's go to Hebrews 12, 3 real quick. Hebrews, you still with me? You haven't left yet, right? Why do you keep saying leave? Because some people are physically present, but they check out. So some people think feeling bad actually gets gets you moving. No, it doesn't. Changing does. I repeat, some people think feeling bad, oh, I feel so bad, I can't believe I did that. They think that's going to create momentum. That's not what creates momentum. Changing does. All right, so Hebrews 12, 3. It says for, uh, it says, oh, man, that's not what I'm looking for. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, let's start with verse 1 here. It says, wherefore, seeing also we are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, other masterpieces. It says, let us lay aside what? Some weight. Every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. So that means it attracts to us. Messy attracts to us easily. It says, and let us run with patience, with patience the race that is set before us, or the masterpiece that is set before us, right? It says, looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, right? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down on the right hand of the, of the throne of God, became a masterpiece. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, such mess against the master, right? Lest we be wearied and what? Faint in our minds or give up in here. Quit. And quit the, op- the opportunity to become God's masterpiece. And then take a compromise or a settle for, right? Which is not good. So we have to let us lay aside the weight to be great. You have to lay aside the weight to be great. Right? See, so, 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 listen. It's a lot of junk, what they say, junk in your trunk. Well, you have a treasure hidden in the earthen vessel. So that treasure should be pure treasure that God can place a demand on to create his masterpiece. But if you keep adding all this weight, you're adding drunk, junk in your trunk. So, so, so when a demand is placed on you instead of what God placed in you to start to come out and get painted on the canvas of your life, what comes out is the mess that you put in there. The woe is me. I can't believe that happened. It's happening to everybody. 
One of the things, the first things I did when I started working, uh, in this, in, uh, so, so I worked in different levels of, of corrections. So I worked uh, minimum, no by wire. Uh, I don't think I ever worked medium. Uh, but I worked maximum, that's bob wire. Uh, and I worked the stage even before medium, and that's group homes. Uh, they call them shelter care, right? Now, sometimes you would think, okay, the, the bob wire, that's the hardest. Well, no, the bob wire, they locked in. They ain't going nowhere. It's security and control. Group homes is harder because guess what? They have access to the world. They can come in high. They can come in with, with a whole gang of folk, kick the door in, and wreak havoc if they want to, right? So, so, so each of those levels had a, had a, had a, a level of a, a difficulty to it. But what I would tell them is this. I said, listen, you get in a lot of trouble because you've, you, you've gone through stuff and you think you're justified for the trouble you're getting into. And I said, but I have a newsflash, and you think it's exclusive to you. But I said, I have news for you. I said, we can, I can pick all of y'all up right now. We can go to every house in this neighborhood. And I can guarantee you, in every house, somebody's gone through something. And, 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 and so, so why did I do that? Because I wanted them to understand that you don't understand that the process for greatness costs something. Everybody's going through something. But we stop and go, play the victim, woe is me, like we didn't go through something go through anything. It's not what you're going through, it's what you're going to. If you can get there. If you can look past what's happened and let God work it out for good, create his masterpiece. Do you understand in all of God's strokes, in all of his painting, and all of his colors, he's weaving in everything we've gone through to create his masterpiece? Do you know somebody created a painting and somebody tripped, fell, and smash their face into it, that's when it became a masterpiece. Somebody spilt some paint on it and it became a masterpiece. Do you understand some of the things that we uh, eat, either for snacks or different, that they were mistakes? Most of the things that are different or, you know, you know somebody blew up a chip the machine malfunctioned and the, the, the chip puffed. You're like, hey, that's a good idea. We're going to have puffs. Tastes pretty good. You know, like a lot of things that were malfunctions that created what we consume as masterpieces now. They stumbled on it. Right? See, so, so, so now to find this, this, this masterpiece, we can't stay on the surface. We got to go deep. The scripture tells us to launch out into the deep. See, when Jesus, these guys have been, they were smart. They were skilled fishermen, man. And they're out there fishing. They're doing their thing, man. And they're going out as far as their intellect that told them they needed to go. Right? And, and they, they, they toiled all night where they, where they, where they should have gotten fish. When we went fishing, they, they had spots they took us to. They said, because they knew this is where the fish is biting because they were professionals. Well, these guys were professionals. And as a professional, you say, hey, you know when it's biting and you know when it's not. We were told all night, this ain't the day, whatever, 
you know, the fish sleep, whatever the case may be. So they come back in. Jesus asked to use their tool for something that they didn't think it was designed for. He said, well, can I use your boat? And he, and, and he took the boat and he went away from the shore, right? Sat in the boat and spoke. It was his microphone system. His, his voice was bouncing off of the water, creating, well, we, we have a speaker system now, but that was his speaker system. So since he used, since they gave him their tool for how they wanted to prosper. They gave it to him to use for the kingdom. He says, well, since you're going to do that, you just set yourself up by your obedience and lining up with God. You set yourself up so I can establish you. Tell you what, go back out there and launch into the deep. He didn't send them to run. He didn't send them to do carpentry. He sent them to do what they already was doing and failing at. When they submitted to the kingdom, he sent them out and said, oh, no, go out there. They was like, oh, no, 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 no. Appreciate it, but we done been out there. Ain't biting. No, launch out to the deep. Go, go beyond where you've ever gone before. This guy. See, see, this is how we do. Man, this guy don't understand. We fishers. We've been fishing. Like y'all be saying, you know, you don't understand Based on my experience, you know, back in the day. No, I've done this before. Ain't nobody asked you what you did. Be obedient to what God's doing, telling you to do. They go out. See, they didn't go out by faith. How do you know they went out, Pastor? Well, when the boat got overflowed, they called more boats. But if they went out by faith, all the boats would have came with them. The nets break. Because they didn't bring enough to catch abundance. They, they, they brought enough to settle for. Well, just in case, let's bring a net. In this case, this guy might be right. But if they would have listened to advanced information, <laughs> they'd have went out there with boats and nets. And they, 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 they got more fish. The fish, the boats were sinking. See, God wants his masterpieces. It's sinking. You got so much, you got to call other people to get some. See, some of the stuff we're doing, we can't call nobody. Because we barely got enough for ourselves. And we walk around like we done arrived. But our boat ain't sinking. Well, we got, hey, hey. hey. See, they, they didn't have time to say, well, I don't want nobody getting none of my stuff. No, they had more than enough. Hey, hey. See, that's, now we rolling. Not just when, see, that ain't about significance. That's about service. You see the difference? God's masterpiece is serves folk. See, very few people have experience of fulfilling life because they've chosen to settle for digging less than God has designed for them to. See, they've already set their bar on digging. And you know what it's called? I tried. That's what it is. I tried. And then we go, well, look, look, you can check me off. I tried. Just didn't work out, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I tried. (laughs) But God's saying launch out into the deep. Something that takes faith. 
I don't believe because you ain't took a step into the deep where it places a demand on what God has for you. Okay. Luke 16. I'm going to tell you the last two weeks, because today I was, I was so busy by the time I got home. I was like, oh, my God, I don't have time to do what I'm supposed to do. God said, good. I set that up perfectly. I told you to be obedient to go and serve so you wouldn't have enough time to get in the way of my masterpiece. So, so I just said, okay, well, I'll just do, I'll just put down what you tell me to put down, and I'll just let you breathe on what you want to do because I don't know what you're going to do. Because this ain't how I would normally do it. He's like, good. That's, it works out perfect for me because I don't need you in a way. But your, your articulations and all that stuff. Just get out my way, which you think he keeps thinking you know stuff. You don't know nothing without me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not a problem. All right, so, so let's go to Luke 16. Luke 16. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so we're going to focus on verse 16, but I got to read 14 just so we can understand. It says, and, and the Pharisees also, who were covetous. You know, it's all about self, right? Greedy, hustling, right? Creating messy pieces, right? It says, heard all these things, and they derided him, because he was coming against how, their, 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 what they were putting together, right? So that's what happens, you know. Hey, you ever sat and talked to somebody, or one of, you, one of your fellow brothers and sisters at the church, and then you're excited about the things you hear. And they always got, well, what about this? What about that? Well, I just don't think that is. See, because what you're talking about is coming against their messy piece. <laughs> right? So they're trying to, to, to paint over your masterpiece. Oh. You talking about in the church? Well, remember, Jesus came into the synagogue and there was an unclean spirit in the church. Right? See, now, when I say stuff like that, were you trying to say we unclean spirits? I didn't say nobody was unclean spirits. Did you hear me say that? I said there's unclean spirits in the church. Now, if you feel some kind of way, then you need to come up here so I can pray that spirit out of you right now. <laughs> ah! All right, so verse 15, it says, And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. Remember? We talking about creating that messy piece, Right? Right? It says, it didn't say God justified them. It said they justified themselves. It says, but God knoweth your heart, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. It's not a masterpiece to God because it's highly esteemed among men. Do you understand these people are running around here and their only value or their only validation is money? Do you understand some people that are Christian only chase somebody and value somebody that got money? Go back and listen to the message, the money point of view. Just because somebody got money don't mean, they, first of all, don't mean they're fulfilled and happy. You could be following pain, abuse, all types of stuff just because you value this person because they got money. Not because they got God. All right, so it's verse 16. It says, it's, so he says, uh, is an abomination inside of God. It says the law and the prophets were until John, right? 
It says, since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. So it's saying that there was a preparation, there was a setup way before Jesus showed up. And it was the law, the fixed principles and the boundaries to how to operate. And the prophets, there was advanced information showing you things to come, right? Because we said the New Testament is in the Old Testament, what? Contained, right? So he was, so, so you have the law because people was getting outside of the lines. You know, you know, there's certain, when they teach certain people to paint, they, you know, you paint by numbers, right? Or, or you know, if I'm teaching kids uh, how to do their coloring books, first thing I teach them is how to draw the lines, the boundaries. And then you can have fun within the boundaries. But if you don't teach them to draw the boundaries, it's easy to go outside the lines, right? You need a little coloring tip, right? So but some coloring books do it for you. You know what I'm saying? They kind of show you, hey, or, or don't they got paintings where, you know, you t- they tell you what color, how to do it. They may even create some type of uh, indention where you can't go outside the lines, right? Well, the law and the prophets was that. It was, it was, it was, it was creating the lines for you. So when you put the colors in, it, it, it would fit perfectly to the way God's masterpiece is. Then it says, after that was established, it says the kingdom of God was preached. How to operate as a, ch- a child of God, right? Right? So, after, stay with me. That's just, the, the, that's just saying that Mark is, is trying to tell me my time's up. That's not what it's saying. <laughs> you know. All right, so... What it said, but it says, once the kingdom of God was revealed, once the goal of God's masterpiece was revealed, it says everybody pressed into it. So the question is, are we pressing in to God's masterpiece or are we visiting God's masterpiece and pressing into the messy piece? All right, think about it. Just think, think about that, right? Did you get that? All right. I can't read all this. Okay, my bad, Holy Spirit. He was like, yes, you can. <laughs> Luke 18, all right? And we're going to end with Luke 18, even though I have so much more for you, but we'll end with Luke 18. Since I got to read it. See, if I could breeze through it, then I was going to get something. <laughs> right? Luke 18, verse 1. All right, just for the sake of time, I'm going to speed up so we can, you know, finish up, Okay. It says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not faint and not give up. Right? You see that? 18.1, right? It's a saying. Now, he opened up with that, and then he started breaking down the parable, saying there was a, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regardeth man. He didn't care about nobody, right? It says, and there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man. He says, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by, this is the key here, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect? And cry day and night, that cry, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith 
on the earth. All this connects. He opened up with say, pray consistently. Like, don't stop. Don't, it's not based on what you see. It's based on what God says. Then he gave a parable. He said, even an unjust judge couldn't handle the young lady constantly coming, con- like, hey, avenge me, avenge me, avenge me. Listen, I ain't got no time for you. Avenge me, avenge me. Hey, man, listen, leave me alone. Avenge me. Man, avenge this lady so she leave me alone. This, now, God, Jesus is saying this. Jesus is saying if the unjust judge knows enough to say this person's pressing and consistent, I have to respond to, how much more will God? For the person that's continually coming and saying, hey, I agree. I want to, I desire to fulfill your masterpiece. Give me the colors. Give me the brushes. Give me whatever it takes so I can fulfill your masterpiece. Now, I don't think I want to do that right now. Please give me, pray without ceasing. You see what I'm saying? Stay locked up with, with God. See, we abandon prayer for our new hustle. Our new messy piece. Versus God's masterpiece. And I'm going to tell you, this little sneaky stuff, it's messy. So, so y'all know what I'm talking about. Listen, listen. We family, right? So we're trying to create a masterpiece. The little sneaky, behind-the-scenes stuff, God sees it. God's saying, that's, that's causing a mess. And you're justifying it. Stop. We, we have to shut down anything that's messing up the masterpiece. All right? You know, then we go, you know, God's not done with me, me yet. Well, you act like you're done with you. God might not be done, but you, you've flown like you're done. All right, that's all for the day. <laughs> that's all for the day, y'all. That's all. That's all. What did we learn? What stood out? How were we challenged? What did it make us think about? Care to share. 